Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. Hey, Rachel. It is fall. It's crispy air. I love this time of year, mainly because I can pull things out of my closet that I haven't worn for a long time. And <laughs> they kind of hide a multitude of sins. You know what I'm saying? The sweater, the bulkier sweaters and the sweatshirts. I love fall. I like fall too, but I tend to be having the opposite problem. After wearing loose-fitting shorts all summer, I pull on some fall corduroys and jeans and think, hmm, I might need to go to the gym. (laughs) Well, one of the things that I love about fall is seeing all the leaves change, and it's just magnificent. When you see leaves falling to the ground, you can pick a leaf up and you can look at it, And you can tell a lot about the tree that it came from. You can tell if it's an oak, if it's a maple, if it's an elm. You can tell a lot. You can tell if it's had a lot of water or if it's been dry. And today, I just wonder, if we picked up a leaf from your tree, what would we find? What would it tell us about you? Would it say, wow, she's falling down. Oh, she's she's falling apart. Or she's falling away. If we looked at your leaf today, what would it say? Well, I understand how it feels to wonder, how is this describing my life? God knows which way you're going. He knows just what you need. And like the seasons, he knows what's changing in your life. But guess what? He's got directions. You know, I think about... Super Bowl coming up, you know, that's a big thing in my house. Maybe it is in yours, too. And I just want you to think with me for a minute. What if the day the Super Bowl is on, your husband's got all of his finger food ready to go. He's got his popcorn and his wings, and he is ready to sit down and enjoy the Super Bowl. He turns it on, and the announcer comes on and says, well, today, folks, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We are not going to uh, put any lines on the field, and we're not going to put any goalposts up, and we're just going to kind of let people run around out there and see what happens. Now, my (laughs) husband would go absolutely berserk because he would say, what? How are they going to know which way to go? And how are they going to know when they're getting closer? And how will they know when they've made it if they don't have anything to measure it by? Well, you know what? God understands your life. He understands that your seasons change. He understands that if somebody just looked at a leaf from your tree right now, they may not get the full picture of what you've been through. But God says, oh, honey, I know exactly where you've been. And more importantly, I know where you're going. I want to just kind of Pray this passage over you today because I want you to hear it loud and clear from Ephesians. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. We pray that over you. Amen. That is such a a powerful, uplifting prayer. I think that's one I want to return to later this week. Yeah. What I want you to get from that is it says you're established, you're rooted in God's love, and it is more powerful, it is wider, it is longer, it's higher, it's deeper than any love you can imagine on this earth. There's nothing like it. It goes beyond anything we've ever experienced. Sometimes when we fall down or we fall away or we're falling apart, we look at that and we kind of judge ourselves and we say, oh, if you only knew what makes me so colorful, (laughs) you know, (laughs) if you only knew, but God knows. And that's the cool part, Rachel. God knows everything about us. And yet he says, I have rooted and established my love in you. Isn't it true that when um, there's a lot of drought in, through the growing season, that the leaves get extra colorful in the fall? That the stress that the, that the trees went through that summer um, produce a, a more glorious sort of display that fall? I believe that is true. And, you know, whatever the reason for the colors on the leaves, you know, there is lesson to be learned. And today I want I want the girls to get it. I want them to understand that when you are deeply loved, you are able to love deeply. When you are deeply loved, you are then able to love deeply. So you got to get your brain around how much God loves you, how much he cares for you. It's immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. That's what it says. If you believe Mm -hmm. the Bible, that's what it says. Have you ever imagined someone loving you so deeply, so much? He does. He does. You know, what do you do? You know, you're saying that when we understand how deeply we are loved, we are able to love others more deeply. What do we do when we're walking through times in our lives where, sure, maybe we have friends and maybe we have neighbors that are you know, kind to us. Maybe we have a a child in our life that loves us. Maybe we just have a, you know, an adoring dog or a pet that thinks we're the greatest thing on earth, but still we just don't feel deeply loved. What do we do when we're not feeling deeply loved and therefore we're missing out on the ability to love others deeply? Well, that's a great question, Rachel. And here's the reality of that question. Everything you've just said is based on feelings. Feelings will deceive you. 
feelings are not accurate. Feelings will go high and they will go low. And sometimes you'll be on the mountain and sometimes you'll be in the valley. But here's the truth. God's word stays the same. God's word has been able to sustain thousands of years of ridicule and people trying to stamp it out. And yet his word tells us, hey, guess what? I love you immeasurably more than anything you could ask or imagine. That's a fact. That doesn't change. It's truth. So it doesn't really matter if you feel it or not. It has everything to do with believing it. And that's something you have to choose. It comes down to saying, God, I want to believe this. Help me in my unbelief. I mean, in any choice we make, Rachel, we have to ask God to help us to grab hold of that truth and believe it. You know, um, sometimes we do. We, we take our eyes off of what is true and base our life on what we feel. And those feelings may not line up with truth. And sometimes I think maybe we feel like we can't possibly be deeply loved by God because we think about all the ways that we have um, failed to live up to to the standard of Christ or the, the many sins that we have. And, you know, we can start to get kind of down on ourselves and think that we've sinned too much to really be truly deeply loved. But I love the story in Luke 7 where um, Jesus is having dinner with, with some religious leaders, some, some, some Pharisees um, of the day, and this woman comes in, and she has this, this jar filled with perfume, and she comes in and bends down at his feet and spills the perfume and cleans his feet with the perfume and uses her, her hair kind of like a towel, and she's just being very thankful and, and kissing his feet and, um, you know, essentially worshiping him. And the, the leaders there, the, the gentlemen around the table with Jesus, are kind of taken aback because this woman had a really questionable reputation, we shall say. Um, she had many sins, and her sins were well known. And so they felt like Jesus was not being wise in letting such a sinful person uh, fall at his feet this way and touch him this way and whatnot. And I love Jesus's response to them when they, you know, when they kind of say that to him, you know, first of all, he points out, you know, listen, it's, it's customary to, to greet your guests with a kiss. And it's, you know, customary to give them something to, you know, clean up their feet, wipe their feet on before they come in. And you really kind of neglected to do, do that for me. And she's come and done what you, you should have. Um, but then I love this part where he says in verse 47 of, of Luke 7, I tell you, her sins, they are many but they have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. A person who was forgiven little shows only a little love, um, but the person who's been forgiven much loves much. That's kind of a lesson that ties in with what you're saying. When we know we are deeply loved, we're able to love deeply. When we know we've been forgiven much, we're able to show a lot of love. And, you know, that, that part in there where Jesus says that, you know, a person who's been forgiven just a little shows only a little love. Well, the reality is, Luann, we've all been forgiven much. We may not realize it. I think that line is sort of saying when you don't realize that God has gone to tremendous lengths to forgive you of great amounts of sin, 
you don't walk around with the gratitude that you should have. And it's that gratitude for, for what God has done and that gratitude for the secure foundation you have in Christ that I think enables us to be more forgiving and loving of others. Spot on. When I look at that prayer that I just read in Ephesians and I hear that story of the woman who was forgiven so much, I I think about if someone had read that prayer to me back in the day before I really got it, before I understood how much God loved me, I probably would have rolled my eyes and said, yeah, that's for other people, but not for me. You know, I grew up in a generation of happily ever after stories. You know, everything ended in a in a half an hour, an hour segment, and everybody ended up with the good guy winning and the bad guy getting whacked. And, you know, you mm-hmm. just as and the girl rode off into the sunset with her prince charming. But unfortunately, somebody forgot to give the people in my life the script. And, <laughs> 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 and so I was not that girl. I was more the girl in Luke 7. And mm-hmm. so I know what that feels like to to feel like you have no place to go except to his feet and to thank him so much for delivering you in such a mighty way. And when you get Mm -hmm. it, when you get that overwhelming sense that God loves you so much that he, he just has this, um, what my girlfriend Dallas says is we are the bride of Christ and he's our bridegroom. And back in Jewish day, the bridegroom, he had to get the place ready and prepared in advance to go get his girl. And so his mm-hmm. dad is the one that would always tell him when the home was appropriately ready. But, you know, the bridegroom would have just thrown up a shack and taken off and gotten his bride and, and gone <sighs> gone for it, you know. But Get to the good part. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> God made him... Wait, uh, and God is making Jesus uh, wait to come back to get us for the the glorious reunion we're going to have in heaven someday. But it's not because God doesn't love us. It's the, it's not that Jesus doesn't love us with this deep. I want to go get my girl and ride off into the sunset. He does. He loves us that much. He's preparing a place for us in heaven, and I just can't um, get over the reality and the truth of that. You know, in Isaiah 46, it says, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you. I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you because you are deeply loved. And when God tells us, when he demonstrates his love for us and tells us those things that I've made you, don't you get it? I will carry you, don't you get it? I will rescue you. Don't you get it? I love you that much. He, he says, I am he. I am he. Now, he knows me. He knows that I have to be told several ways and several times for me to actually get it. Because I am like the girl you were talking about earlier. Sometimes I ride on that wave of feeling. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. You know, I feel like sometimes that's what I count on. And so God says, you know, Luann, not only you, but there's a lot of girls that need to know I am he, I am he. He wants to drill that into our minds so much that in John, he says it seven different ways. In John chapter six, he says, I am the bread 
of life. I'm everything you need. I, I am that sustainer of your, of your health. I am the bread of life. And then he says, I am the light of the world in chapter eight. So he's telling us, I am the light that's going to light your path. When you feel like I'm in the dark and nobody knows I'm here and nobody loves me. He says, no, honey, I am the light. And then when he says in chapter 10, I am the door. I am the door. God is going to open up new opportunities for us. He's the door that opens the way for us. And then he says, I am the good shepherd in chapter 10. And a good shepherd is constantly tending to his flock. He's constantly taking care of his sweet sheep that go astray. He brings them back. And then it says in chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. So if God loves us, he says, look, I raised my son from the dead so that you too will have life after death. You are going to have that same resurrection someday because I love you that much. And then in chapter 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You may hear that there's many ways to heaven, but I'm telling you, I am the way. And I love you so much. I want you to keep hearing, I am. And in chapter 15, he says, I am the true vine. I am the one that you're going to grow from. I'm the one that's going to produce the fruit in you so that you can take all these I am's, all these truths, all this love and pour it on to others. When you're deeply loved, you love deeply. There are a couple of different times in the scriptures where Jesus talks in parables, tells stories about people who have been forgiven debts and how they respond to that. And in that scene where where the woman has come to the house there and and poured her perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped it with her hair and, and kissed him, and the other guys are kind of appalled that this is going on, the thing that Jesus says, before he, he declares that her sins are many, but she's been forgiven much, and that's why she loves much, he, he breaks into one of those little parables where he, he very quickly says the first thing that he says before he talks about her is two people owed money to a certain money lender, and one owed him 500 denarii, um, which is like dollars, and the other owed only 50 denarii. Neither of them had the money to pay back their debts, so the man forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more, Jesus asked. And someone at the table replied, well, I guess the one who had the biggest debt forgiven. And Jesus says, you have judged correctly. And that's where he goes on to say, you know, this woman, though her sins may be many, they have been forgiven, and she has shown me great love. Um, And whoever's been forgiven little loves little, whoever's forgiven much loves much. But in James, it says, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point um, is guilty of breaking all of it. In other words, we tend to think that um, there are little sins and there are big sins, and little sins only require a little amount of grace, but big sins, you know, they require a huge amount of grace. You know, I'm just maybe a housewife who occasionally tells a little white lie 
or maybe fudges on my taxes or maybe um, looks at my uh, friend's husband with a little bit of lust from now and then. But, you know, I'm not a serial killer, and so I only require a little bit of grace. You know, that serial killer over there is going to need a lot of grace, and that's not at all how, how it works or how it sees it. You know, if you there, there's no degrees, really. You know, there is... Um, there is sin, and sin is sin, no matter what it is. We can't rank order ourselves. Um, and so everyone um, is forgiven much, and everyone is loved equally as well. There's no degrees of love with Christ. We are all loved equally. We are all forgiven equally. And what uh, a world this would be if we could all respond to that truth by loving and forgiving much. You know, I think of uh, all the opportunities that we have to love others right now, right where they are. There are a lot of folks who are hurting because of all the storms, all the flooding, all the things that happen on a regular basis around us. And, and God said in that passage I read to you in Isaiah, he says, I am he who will sustain you. And that word sustain means to give support, relief nourish, confirm, refresh, validate. And in other words, when you're flat worn out, I'll revive you. When others rip you apart, I'll build you up. When your heart is dehydrated, I'll refresh and restore you. And when the world just beats you down, I will validate you approved. Today, as we think about what God has done for us, how he is the sustainer, He also asked us, will you then let my love flow out of you like that bubbling brook, you know, overflowing with the love I have poured into you? Will you be an overflowing, bubbling brook of love where you can be my hands and feet, where you can then help revive those around you who are worn out, who are dehydrated, who have been ripped apart by the world? Will you help build them up? Will you help refresh them? Will you help restore them? Will you help validate them and say, my friend, God loves you immeasurably more than you can ever ask or imagine. Because when you're deeply loved, Rachel, you love deeply. And each of us is deeply loved, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done or where we've been. Each of us is loved deeply by God, um, and that love has been demonstrated through Christ. And, you know, I get excited when I think about the day right now we have to take that on faith, you know. But uh, a day is coming when that will be so obvious. Um, But right now we, we just have to take it on faith. And so those days when we're not feeling very loved, We have to take it on faith that God's love for us is so deep and so wide and so long and so tall and so solid that there is nothing that can shake us out of his his right hand. Mm. Okay, so I know that we all lose our enthusiasm. Occasionally, we just do. And we we forget that God loves us that much because we get caught up in the every day. But I want to encourage you today, don't give up. Don't forget how deeply you're loved. And maybe today it's a fresh surrender to Him. 
saying, Lord, I surrender. I believe this is true, that you really do love me and that you want me to love others the same way that you love me. God, I need you in my life today. I need you to refresh me and remind me how deeply you love me. Today, I hope that you say that prayer, and I hope that you find others as God points them out to you day by day who need to see his love through you. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others, because when you're deeply loved, you love deeply. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.